before we're turning our Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke, and to chapter 2, this is our final installment of Psalms of the First Christmas, Luke, and chapter 2, please, and we're turning to the verse, Luke chapter 2, and the verse 21. This is the word of the Lord, and it reads, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was also which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every meal that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which in the, is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, living with the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the birth, brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the circumcision of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God, and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through the own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And we trust the Lord will bless the reading of his heart, or of his word to each of our hearts. We've learned and from three songs already in our short study in the Gospel of Luke in this, and the songs of the first Christmas series. And we thought of Mary's song the first week, and then we considered Zechariah's song the second week. And last week we listened to the angel's song as they sang to the shepherds there in the hills outside Bethlehem. Last week we considered the reality of the first Christmas. It was a real day, it was a real city, and it was a real saviour. And we also considered the reason for Christmas, peace on earth, and of course, all glory to God. Of all things that are said when someone takes a newborn baby into their arms, they can sometimes come across as a little bit silly, what people say, can't they? You know, we don't know what to say, so we just come out with, my, he has his mother's nose. Or he's very like his dad when he was a baby. Or can, can you believe how much hair they have already? Or whatever else you hear people exclaiming when they see a newborn for the first time. But for our fourth and final singer in our little series, 
He has no doubt, no doubt at all, what he was going to say when he held the infant, the Lord Jesus, in his arms for the first time. And his name was Simeon. We're going to be considering Simeon's song for a few moments. Of course, the Lord was brought to Jerusalem, the capital, into the temple, the center of Jewish religious life. And Simeon was there. And the whole Bible is filled with the gospel, right from the beginning of Genesis through to the last book there in Revelation. The Bible in its entirety is the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we find this crescendo of declaring this gospel message in and around the birth of Christ. And we've discovered this in the past number of weeks. The gospel means good tidings, good news. I know these things may be elementary, but I think it's good to remind ourselves of these things as we prepare to listen to Simeon's soul. And the gospel message, it has Christ at the centre. It always will. It will always have Christ at the centre, just as the entire Bible is all about him. And now let this truth wash over you afresh. Christ is the centre of the gospel message. It's a living gospel for spiritually dead sinners. It's a saving gospel for those who are perishing. It's an unchanging gospel in a constantly changing world. It's a restoring gospel for those who have ruined their lives by choosing to be disobedient to God's word. It's a powerful gospel for those who cannot save themselves. And the gospel, what we have just described, is the absolute focus of Simeon's song. This is what God revealed to Simeon and Simeon revealed to Mary and Joseph and the words of Simeon were preserved by the Spirit of God and we read them today here in December 2022 and wonder with Mary and Joseph at what he said regarding this child. Now who is saying these words? I mean I'm not for listening to any old person when it comes to the Bible. I want to know the person I'm hearing from is a man of God. Well, what about Simeon? Well, let's look at his life. He lived for God. Look at verse 25 here with me. And halfway through verse 25, it reads, And the same man was just and devout. In those days in Calvary, it would have been difficult to find a Jew who was just and devout. You see, it seemed that the entire nation, led by corrupt scribes and leaders, were living in spiritual darkness. But there was a small remnant who were still waiting for the Messiah to arrive. And Simeon's name, it means God has heard. And that suggests to me that Simeon, he was a man of prayer. I'm sure he would have prayed that the Messiah would come. That God would bring spiritual awakening. That God would bring spiritual revival in those days. Here, dear brethren and sisters, this afternoon, here in God's word, we find a man who was an intercessor. Know that we would have intercessors in our day. Or that we would have men and women of prayer. That would cry out to the Lord in behalf of the church. That would cry out to the Lord that the Lord would visit our land in a special way again. Oh, that we would have Simeons in our local church. That the, our prayer lives would be set on fire again. And here is Simeon, the intercessor. And he's in Jerusalem. 
You know, some think that he may have been a priest and that he was there in the temple on this particular day. I don't believe that. I'm sure the text would have told us that he was a priest. But it tells us this in verse 27. It tells us that he comes by the Spirit. He comes by the Spirit to the temple. Oh, what would it mean for every person who listens to be fully led by the Spirit of God? How can you be led by the Spirit of God in your life? How can you become a useful vessel that the Lord can use just as he used Simeon? Well, he was just. Simeon was a true believer in the Messiah, the Christ. He had faith. And he sought in his life to live for God. In all ways, his conversation, his actions, his family life. This could be seen outwardly in the way that he behaved. He was also devout. Now to say that someone is devout speaks about an inner heart attitude. It speaks of a, a devout spirit. It is someone who has has a reverend, a a God-fear, someone who is devoted sincerely to God. And we aren't told much about Simeon, but from what I read in Scripture, what a testimony he had to be described as just and devout. It's, It's an example of what every child of God should strive for. These are the sort of people that the Spirit of God leads and guides. People who are just and devout. You know, you need to note who he uses in the who the Lord, the Holy Spirit uses in the Christmas story is Zachariah and Elizabeth. They were righteous people because we're told of them that they walked in all the commandments and ordinances of, of the Lord. Blameless, we thought about that a few weeks ago. But you think of Mary, a godly girl for sure. And they, these are righteous people. And when the Spirit of God came upon them, these were precious folks that God chose very carefully. They were people who were seeking to live for God. And if we want to be used by the Spirit of God, we must be people who are willing, with the help of God, to live out just and devout lives. Look at his life. He lived for God. But I also want you to look at his eyes. He saw Jesus. And I heard, I've heard so many people say, surely the Lord will come soon. Even heard people saying to me, you're a young man, Peter. Do you think he'll come in your lifetime? Now you understand where these statements come from. And there definitely are signs of the Lord's return, that the Lord's return is imminent. We should live in anticipation of that day. But no man knows when the Son of Man will return. However, <coughs> The Spirit of God had promised Simeon that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. What a promise that is. What a promise. And here in our passage, he took the Lord Jesus in his arms. The little baby. And you can only try to imagine what he was feeling as he stripped that little soft, warm baby out of Mary's arms and pressed him to his chest. You and I can only imagine the kind of joy that flooded his heart, what kind of thrill came over him as they realized that the promises of God had come to pass and he was holding in his hands the Messiah, the Comforter, the the Consular of Israel, the the Savior of the world. A very different gesture 
And then three years later, the Jews cried for him to be crucified. Then the soldiers took the Lord Jesus in their hands and whipped him and scourged him and beat him and crowned him with thorns and nailed him to the cross. You can imagine the joy that Simeon had. Verse 28, we read that he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Now look, he's, he's a master of understatements. Dr. Luke, he really is. Because he just sticks to facts. Maybe that's a good thing. He doesn't get too excited about the detail, Dr. Luke. He would have been a great policeman, or, or, or a great historian, which he was, writing this book. He just tells you that Simeon blessed God. Now, I can't imagine the excitement of this scene before us. Simeon blessed God. Look, keeps it simple. He's a doctor. He's factual, not giving too much detail. But now, Simeon, he breaks out in this song another testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this long line of songs that mark the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. And he sings in verse 29 here. He sings, and he says... Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Look at his lips. He praised the Lord. He praised the Lord. Can you imagine as he holds the Savior in his arms, he can't help but burst forth into strong and, and praise. And after a long and stretched out period of prayer, waiting for the Lord's promise to be fulfilled in his life, he now breaks out with this wonderful refrain. And why it reminds us of the testimony of anyone who takes our Savior in the arms of faith. Each of us have a testimony of the peace that the Lord has ministered in each of our lives. And Simeon now, with his lips, he blesses God. And as Simeon's life has been fully, his life has been fully satisfied because he now holds this precious gift in his hands, crowned with honour and ready to depart in peace. Such is always the satisfying power of the Lord Jesus Christ when received by faith. Because he breaks out in song. And as he does this, Simeon, he testified that Christ was the salvation of God. My eyes, he says in verse 30, have seen my salvation. Beautiful is the title given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thy salvation. God's great love, mercy and power, united to redeem and bless us in the person of his Son. And there's such a lovely personal reminder for us here today that this salvation is personal to each one of us. We can join Simeon's song here and remember we have seen the Lord's salvation. Who is like the Lord our God? Strong to see it, perfect in love. My debt is paid and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. How Simeon looked and he saw Christ and he, he acknowledges Christ as the salvation of God. But he also acknowledges Christ as the light of the Gentiles. Look at verse 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Newbury says this, that Christ's arrival was as a revelation to the nations. Christ is God's revealed light 
to the nations of the earth. And with regard to the character of God and the way of salvation, there is no other land. And as the Lord grew, didn't he teach these truths himself? He said, I am the light of the world. Simeon understood that the Lord would minister his light to the Gentiles first. Salvation is a coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the sparks of our own making will never turn night into day. Didn't John remind us to walk in the light as his people? You see, Simeon understood that Christ was the, was the salvation, but he understood that Christ was to be the light to the Gentiles first. And he understood that the Christ, he was the glory of Israel. Because look at verse 32 again. He says, And a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. This is the order revealed by the Holy Ghost to Simeon. And this is key to understanding how the Old Testament scripture marries with the events that would happen. Christ was to be first a light to the Gentiles, and after that the glory of his people Israel. Simeon, from his reading of scripture, understood this order. You see, was there another in Israel who believed that Christ would be the first to bless the Gentile nation before he would be glorified among his own ancient people? Simeon was that person. He believed that. He had read the Old Testament scriptures. He was clear in this. He made no mistake. He knew that the Messiah would be cut off. He had read Isaiah. He knew that the Messiah would be numbered with the transgressors. We know that the and we today know that the Lord Jesus, He's going to come again, not as a sin offering, but as the King of Israel with great power and glory. And that's a day that's yet to come. And the Bible tells us they shall mourn because of Him, having crucified Him. But the glory of the Lord will will be a, will be arisen among them, and Israel will be glorified one day. We know that. And where the, where the glorified one is, wherever that is, whether it be in glory, we know that the hymn writer says, glory always dwells in Emmanuel's land, whether in earth or in heaven, in time or eternity. And that is our role as his children of earth, to glorify his precious name. Christ is our salvation, Christ is our light, and Christ is our glory. And of course, Simeon speaks of how the Lord was set for the fall and rise of Israel, meaning that many would reject the Savior. Simeon also spoke about how the sword would pierce Mary's soul. He says that down there in verse 35. He was speaking, of course, of that day that this little baby would be crucified. And with this prophecy, Simeon finishes his song. And as we conclude our series, I want to very quickly know something about Simeon that I really, really love. <coughs> I want you to see how the Lord was praised. You see, the praise was vocal. Simeon didn't just see Jesus and rejoice in his heart. You know, there's many Christians do that today. They may rejoice in their heart, but they don't open their minds. Simeon opened his mind. And he lifted up a voice of praise publicly. He didn't keep what he felt bottled up inside him or feel ashamed of it. No, he let it out for the glory of the Lord. Let me ask you, do you open up your mouth for the Lord wherever you are? In the workplace? When you're with unsaved family? Unsaved friends? Do you open your mouth for the Lord? 
Do you tell people what the Lord means to you? Are you vocal in your praise for the Lord? Simeon's praise was visible. He involved the entire person in the act of praise. He reached out, he lifted the baby Jesus, he held him high and he praised God. He was not embarrassed to vocally and visibly praise his Redeemer. His praise was vocal, his praise was visible, his praise was verbal. You see, Anna enters the arena of praise and she blends her voice with that of Simeon and she adds an additional element. And while Simeon lifts his hands and praise and his heart and his voice to the Lord, Anna then praises the Lord, but she also tells about what the Lord is doing. And her praise was vocal, visible and verbal as well. Anna comes along in the next part. You know, if we were continuing the series, we probably could have looked at Anna as well as she sang her song of praise joining Simeon. And friends, let me tell you this. We have heard four of the first carols ever sang. And God still wants to hear you sing. And let me just go ahead and say it for the record, there's nothing wrong with vocal, visible and verbal praise of God for what he has done. And is doing and will do in our midst. He has done anything for you at all. Anything. Then you have reason to praise the Lord. Listen to what the Bible says about this man. Vocal please. Psalm 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, O ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Psalm 98, verse 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and send praise. Psalm 135, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name. Excuse me, for it is pleasant. Hebrews 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know, there's a hymn that says he loves to hear the angels as they sing, Holy, holy is the Lamb. Heaven's choirs in harmony lift up their praises to the great I am. But he lifts his hands for silence when the weakest saved by grace begin to sing. And a million angels listen as a newborn soul sings, I have been redeemed. That's his favourite song of all. It's the song of the redeemed. When lost sinners now made clean lift their voices loud and strong. When those purchased by his blood lift to him a song of love, nothing more. He'd rather hear none nor so pleasing to his ear as his favourite song of all. He loves to hear you sing, dear sister. He loves to hear you sing, dear brother. What about visible praise? Well, in First Thessalonians 5, verse 11, we read, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up. That's a problem by praising. Building one another up, encouraging one another. Invisible ways. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. Seems to me that he also likes that visible praise, practical actions that show others that you love him. Verbal praise, Psalm 51 verse 13 says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Verbal, Psalm 107 verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, 
whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Mark 5, verse 19 and 20. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and have had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. You see, when we're saved, we're saved to tell the gospel message, to share it. And the Lord likes it when his children testify to a lost world and in the company of the saints. And really what we have witnessed over these past number of weeks are people and the angels who understood how wonderful our God is and couldn't help but break forth in soul. I wonder today, are you so filled with the Spirit of God that you can't help but talk about the Lord? You know, I've met very few in my life who, when you sit with them, that they just can't help but talk about the Lord, what the Lord's teaching them. They're not interested in chatting about what's happening in the football, maybe they'll talk about that sometime. Not interested about talking about different things that really mean nothing when it comes to eternity. I've only met few who are so filled by the Spirit of God that no matter what room they're in, they just come to help but they break forth. They share about Christ and what he means to them. Let me tell you, our little hamlet here in Cleveland needs more people like that. I think it's more unseen, so what Christ means to the seen, surely would they not marvel. We have seen so many Listen to these songs, the shepherds. They marveled at what the angels said they went, so the beauty they went, they couldn't help but share the news. And what was the first day last week it said that the people marveled when they heard what the shepherds had to say? Simon Simon, but we read here in verse 33, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. You see, when we live as we ought to, people will see Christ and they marvel. And dear child of God, as we finish of this little series, Songs of the First Christmas, let me tell you this, no matter what you go through today, when you live like that, you honour and praise and glorify your Saviour. Let me tell you this, He, He loves to hear you say.